Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Bruce Lee, the world-renowned martial artist and filmmaker, passed away just before midnight. Bruce Lee was the undisputed king of martial arts, revered by millions around the world. He was a terrific athlete. He was explosively fast. He was the Einstein of martial arts. His unique talent and relentless drive propelled him to Hollywood stardom. Bruce Lee would not let any obstacles stand in his way. But on July 20th, 1973, he died in suspicious circumstances after lapsing into a coma at his girlfriend's apartment. I just couldn't believe it. I said, the guy that I knew was super healthy, super athletic, super conditioned, died. The official cause of death was swelling of the brain, triggered by an adverse reaction to a painkiller. It's a conclusion that has caused disbelief ever since. There's not one in 10,000 chance that Bruce Lee died from a single tablet. It just didn't happen. And 43 years later, the controversy surrounding Bruce Lee's death still inspires conspiracy theories that he was poisoned by someone he had a fight with or murdered by the Hong Kong mob. It's one of the most mysterious deaths of all time, and the official verdict has rarely been accepted. I've gained unprecedented access to Bruce Lee's autopsy report and inquest notes. And I'm going to use this to separate out fact from fiction to finally determine what really caused one of the world's fittest men to suddenly die. Dr. Michael Hunter is a world-renowned forensic pathologist and the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities. He's performed over 4,000 autopsies to investigate and reveal the cause of death. The doctor who carried out the autopsy on Bruce Lee concluded that he died from cerebral edema or swelling of the brain. The inquest later concluded that the swelling was because of a hypersensitivity reaction to a painkiller he'd taken for a headache. But... How does this self-proclaimed fittest man in the world die simply from a painkiller? Using these medical records, I'm going to find out what was happening in the final hours of Bruce Lee's life to determine his real cause of death. 12.30 p.m. July 20th, 1973, Hong Kong, 11 hours before Bruce Lee's death. Bruce is in his study working on a script. He's recently finished his first Hollywood movie, Enter the Dragon, which is about to be released and expected to make him an international star. Bruce's wife, Linda, is off to meet a friend. They married nine years ago and soon after had a son, Brandon, and a daughter, Shannon, followed four years later. This is the last time Linda will see her husband alive. At only 32... Bruce Lee has had a meteoric rise to fame. In just four years, he had gone from being a martial arts instructor in Los Angeles 
to the biggest name in action movies. Bruce Lee was the dreamer. I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going to be a movie star. We didn't realize how totally focused, how totally intense he was on achieving this dream. His hunger for success is evident in this letter he wrote to himself in January 1969. I, Bruce Lee, will be the first highest paid oriental superstar in the United States. Bruce also pledged to achieve world fame and to earn $10 million by 1980. But this level of ambition put a strain on Bruce, both mentally and physically. Bruce Lee was tough on himself. He wanted to be the best martial artist he could be, the best producer, promoter, director. I'd never in my life known anybody so consistently focused every day. It was his only thing in his mind in order to be able to achieve this dream. This photograph shows Bruce Lee 12 weeks prior to his death. He looks extremely thin. The medical records shows that he only weighed 125 pounds when he died. So I'm not sure if this is from a punishing work schedule or if there's something more serious going on. Bruce was born on the 27th of November, 1940, in San Francisco while his parents were on tour with a Hong Kong opera company. His family's acting connections led him to appear in up to 20 films before he was 18. Bruce Lee was incredibly restless throughout his life. His childhood nickname was Never Sit Still, because he couldn't. And he remained that way throughout his life. He was constantly vibrating. But the muscular king of Kung Fu had a very different start in life. He was born with a lot of things stacked against him. He was skinny, he had very bad eyesight, very bad skin, and he had been bullied by his schoolmates. People would think he had a limp, but he had a bounce. Well, the reason is because one leg was slightly shorter than the other. At 13, Bruce was beaten up in a street fight. It was then that he turned to martial arts as a way to defend himself. Over the next decade, he honed his skills. Until at age 24, he was spotted at a martial arts tournament in the US and invited for a screen test. There was the finger jab, there was the punch, there was the breakfast, and then low. Of course, then they used leg, straight at the groin, all come up. His skill and on-screen charisma led to a role in the TV series, The Green Hornet, where he played the Hornet's sidekick, Kato. Don't miss Bruce Lee in the Green Hornet. But Bruce's stateside career stalled. The Green Hornet was axed, and the lead role Bruce wanted in the new show Kung Fu went to the Caucasian actor David Carradine. Bruce really felt that he deserved the role in Kung Fu and was just destroyed, literally emotionally destroyed. But Dr. Hunter has found something else in Bruce Lee's medical notes, which could also have caused his career to stall. I can see from Bruce Lee's medical record that in June 1970, three years before his death, he suffered a slip disc. This would be severely debilitating for anyone. But 
for someone whose career is dependent on being fit and active, this would be life-changing. In his quest for physical perfection, Bruce would work out relentlessly. Bruce was a fanatic. It was like 24 hours a day, probably even in his sleep, he was working out. Bruce Lee was doing an exercise with weights where he bent forward and then straightened back up, carrying a terrific amount of weight on his shoulders. Bruce slipped a disc in his back, causing excruciating pain. The spine is composed of bony vertebrae separated by discs, which act as shock absorbers. There are two layers. The inner layer is soft and gelatinous, and the outer layer is thicker and stronger. When you slip a disc, the inner layer breaks through the outer layer, and that puts pressure on the spinal nerves, resulting in severe pain. Doctors told Bruce that his back injury was so severe, he would never do kung fu again. Damage to a, a martial artist is critical. Bruce required the whole body to be like a well-tuned instrument. So it definitely was a problem. To repair the damage and ease the pain, I've discovered that Bruce Lee was taking the steroid cortisone. Cortisone is a synthetically produced version of cortisol, which is a naturally occurring hormone produced by the adrenal glands in response to stress. It acts as an anti-inflammatory as well as a pain reliever throughout the body. When injected directly into the site of the pain, cortisone suppresses the immune system, rapidly reducing the source of pain and inflammation. With the use of cortisone and physiotherapy, within six months, Bruce had defied the doctor's predictions and was back in the gym. The accident that Bruce Lee suffered to his back would probably have finished most people off, but Bruce Lee was a highly motivated, fiercely autonomous individual that wouldn't accept his fate. Bruce Lee would not let any obstacles stand in his way. I don't believe Bruce Lee's back injury caused his death but it does tell me something about his drive and determination. I need to read further into Bruce Lee's notes if I'm going to determine his cause of death. 3 p.m. July 20th, 1973, Hong Kong. Eight and a half hours before Bruce Lee's death. Bruce's business partner, Raymond Chow, arrives to discuss their next project. When acting work dried up for Bruce in America in 1971, he returned to Hong Kong to work for Raymond, making low-budget movies for $7,500 per film. The films were box office hits. And within a year of completing them, Bruce was offered the lead in Enter the Dragon, a Hollywood-financed movie that would make him a household name. I've found something deep in Bruce Lee's medical records that has me really surprised. It's something that appears to be a closely guarded secret, and it does give me some real insight into what drove this remarkable man. July 20th, 1973. 
Martial arts superstar Bruce Lee is found unconscious at his girlfriend's apartment in Hong Kong. He's pronounced dead just four hours later. With the cause of death still shrouded in mystery, speculation has been rife for over 40 years. Now, Dr. Michael Hunter has gained unprecedented access to Bruce Lee's autopsy and medical records. He's using them to separate fact from fiction and to finally uncover the true cause of Bruce Lee's death. Bruce Lee was a supremely focused and driven individual, and he pushed his body to the extremes. I've already discovered a back injury caused by his relentless physical regimen and his incredible recovery from it. But now I've seen something in the medical records that makes sense of all of this. He has a condition called cryptorchidism, and that's an undescended testes. It's oftentimes associated with decreased fertility, a higher incidence of testicular cancer, and psychological problems in older age. This really affected him from a manhood standpoint, really having to prove he was a man. And that sense of not being fully a man was compounded at the age of 18 when he was rejected from the U.S. Army because of his undescended testicle. This is something that would have made him feel different, but particularly different around his masculinity, perhaps. So one has to wonder if the appeal of becoming a, a martial artist isn't a way of ensuring that masculinity that he may have felt was threatened is actually very clear and very loud for all to see. Born into this unpromising physique was this sheer unconquerable will to excellence that was going to transform him into the, the person that we know as Bruce Lee today. I don't believe his cryptorganism was directly linked to his death, but it does give me a better understanding of why he pushed himself to such extremes. But I've seen something in Bruce Lee's medical records that might help me better understand what happened to him the night that he died. 2.30 p.m., May 10th, 1973, Hong Kong. Ten weeks before Bruce Lee's death. Bruce is dubbing the sound for Enter the Dragon. He's now at the final hurdle to finish the movie that has drained him both mentally and physically. Bruce knew Enter the Dragon was going to be his breakthrough internationally. And he was very nervous about it going wrong. It's an incredibly hot day. As Bruce records his voice, the technicians turn off the air conditioning to keep the noise down. Bruce is sweating heavily. Without warning, Bruce collapses and appears to be having a fit. Reports state that he was writhing on the floor and sweating profusely for several minutes. Bruce is rushed to Baptist Hospital, which is only two miles away. Doctors battle to revive him. Bruce had all of the signs and symptoms of cerebral edema or swelling of the brain. The doctors administered mannitol, and that's to release the pressure and it acts by dehydrating the body and removing fluids from the brain, decreasing the swelling. 
Within an hour of receiving the drug, Bruce regains consciousness. An investigation into what caused the fit is conducted. What they found is that he had ingested a considerable amount of cannabis. It was this discovery that led the doctor who treated him to make a controversial claim. Our diagnosis was that uh, he had the poverty and overdose of this, this stuff. Had no medical attention had been available, he would have been dead. I don't buy this theory at all. It's almost impossible to overdose on cannabis. But I can see that Bruce was using cannabis the night that he died. And this indicates to me that he was likely a habitual user. He got really strung out. And he tried to manage it by eating hashish. When he consumed cannabis, he would calm himself down and it made life easier for him. There's this paradox in Bruce Lee, right? So you've got this amazingly fast, amazingly agile man. And then in his private moments, this man just needing a substance like marijuana just to stay still. While this probably wasn't the best way to de-stress, it was for him the quickest and the easiest route to it, which would have fit in with his psychological makeup. I need to de-stress and I need to do it now. But using cannabis was something Bruce had to keep secret. At the time, in Hong Kong, it was okay to smoke opium, but it wasn't acceptable to smoke marijuana. That was seen as an evil drug, and, it, and people who smoked it would have been imprisoned. In Bruce Lee's autopsy, only 0.5 milligrams of cannabis was found in his stomach, and 0.4 milligrams was found in his small intestine. And this is a negligible amount. I don't think cannabis played any role whatsoever in his death, nor do I believe it had anything to do with the apparent seizures he sustained 10 weeks earlier. However, there was something in the way that Bruce collapsed 10 weeks earlier that makes me wonder whether he had a condition that was misdiagnosed and potentially deadly. True crime is my passion, but even I need the occasional break. So when I feel like I need a mental palate cleanser, my go-to refresher is Best Fiends. What's really great about Best Fiends is it has super fun puzzles and there's kind of like a solving the puzzle aspect to it. And I think that goes along with some of the investigative pieces that are in our show. And it really sort of helps get your mind going, especially when you're just at home and you know, you're working. It's a really nice little break that you can take to just sort of clear your mind and just give yourself a little break. It's definitely got challenging puzzles to it, but it's also a casual game that anyone can play. You can spend as much or as little time as you'd like in the game. For me, I haven't been able to play quite as much this week, but what I love is that even if I haven't done it for a few days, I can come back and sort of get a few levels down and I'm hoping that I can get past level 100 pretty soon and that's going to be my goal so hopefully i can do it this week and what's really nice is like it's got so many bright colors and visual styles the design is super fun so it's kind of this little world that you can immerse yourself in if you guys are playing definitely share your progress on social media let us know how it's going best fiends is a unique 
an exciting puzzle experience, unlike other puzzle games out there. They update the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old, and they really treat the game like a service for their players, which is awesome. You can engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has gained unprecedented access to the autopsy report and medical records of martial arts superstar Bruce Lee. He died unexpectedly after lapsing into a coma. For over 40 years, controversy has surrounded his death. But now Dr. Hunter has found a clue within his records and thinks Bruce Lee's death could be linked to a recently discovered and deadly condition. Sudden unexpected death in epilepsy, also known as SUDIP, was first officially recognized in 2006. It kills up to 8,000 Americans every year, and it's most commonly seen in men between the ages of 20 and 40. It involves a seizure that causes the heart and lungs to stop, and it's brought on by a lack of sleep and stress. When Bruce collapsed in the studio weeks prior to his death, he was clearly stressed. And the seizure that followed had all the hallmarks of an epileptic fit. And it seems this wasn't the first time Bruce had had a seizure. There were stories about he had epilepsy when he was a child. He would have these spasms where he would almost seem to come out of his body and tremble. So did Bruce have undiagnosed epilepsy? And if so, did he die following another seizure? May 25th, 1973, Los Angeles. Eight weeks before Bruce Lee's death. Following his seizure, Bruce flies to the States where he's examined by experts at the UCLA Medical Center. They're trying to find out what caused his sudden collapse. After a thorough examination, they find that Bruce has a nonspecific convulsive disorder. It is estimated that up to 10% of the population will have a similar type seizure sometime in their lifetime. And this is oftentimes associated with some underlying health problem or, say, a low blood glucose level. But what is important is that this diagnosis is not epilepsy. And those closest to him have also questioned whether Bruce was epileptic. Nobody remembers him having epilepsy during his time filming movies. Nobody remembers it from the Kung Fu school. Nobody remembers it from when he made films as an adult. Linda Lee has denied that her husband was epileptic and something was going on. Um, and there had been something going on throughout his life. Although Bruce did have the occasional seizure, looking at the reports of the inquest, there's no mention of anyone witnessing him having a seizure on the night that he died. So I'm gonna discount sudden unexpected death in epilepsy or anything to do with seizures as a cause for his death. But I still need to find out how this supremely fit expert in martial arts suddenly died. 7 p.m. 
July 20th, 1973, Hong Kong. Four hours before Bruce Lee's death. Bruce and his business partner, Raymond Chow, are at actress Betty Ting Pei's apartment. They are going through the script of their upcoming movie, Game of Death, in which Betty is to star. Bruce and Betty were having an affair or a relationship. I don't know how you want to define it. Like they were not just special friends. As Bruce works through the script with Raymond and Betty, he complains of feeling tired and unwell. He drinks two cans of soda, but his condition doesn't improve. He then says he has a headache, so Betty goes to find him a painkiller. She gives Bruce a tablet of the prescription painkiller, Equagesic, that she has been taking for anxiety. Equagesic contains aspirin to treat pain, along with the chemical meprobamate to treat tension and anxiety. And this was commonly prescribed in the 1960s and 70s. Betty Ting Pei reports that she only gave him one tablet, and the toxicology report supports that. Despite taking the painkiller, Bruce's headache worsens, so he goes to the bedroom to lie down. With Bruce apparently sleeping, Raymond Chow leaves to meet the former James Bond actor, George Lazenby, at a restaurant to see if he will star in their film. 8.15 p.m., three hours before Bruce Lee's death. Betty goes to wake Bruce, but can't rouse him. She calls Raymond Chow at the restaurant to let him know that Bruce is still sleeping and says she will try and wake him again in half an hour. Around 9 p.m., Betty attempts to wake Bruce again, but still can't rouse him. What Betty told me is that she became frightened when Bruce, Bruce Lee was unresponsive hey. and didn't know what to do. Bruce! And that she waited quite some time before contacting anyone. She was so worried about the potential scandal of Bruce Lee being found unwell at her home that rather than immediately call the ambulance, she calls Raymond. 9.30 p.m., two hours before Bruce Lee's death. Raymond Chow arrives at the apartment, and when he also fails to wake Bruce, they call Betty's doctor. Betty's personal physician can be relied on to show discretion. This gentleman comes to the flat and finds Bruce to be unresponsive. From Bruce Lee's medical notes, I can see that the doctor who examined him said he was deeply comatose and not rousable. His pulse was not perceptible, and there were also no signs of respiration. For the second time in two months, Bruce is rushed to the hospital. Crucially, he's taken to Queen Elizabeth Hospital, which has better facilities rather than Baptist Hospital, where they treated him after his previous collapse. 10.15 p.m., one hour before Bruce Lee's death, he's rushed into the emergency room. <sighs> 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 
Despite the absence of any signs of life, there are frantic attempts by doctors to revive him. People did not want to take responsibility for the death of the most famous person in Hong Kong on their watch in their hospital. So they worked on him very intensely. Adrenaline is injected directly into his heart. But it has no effect. At 11.30 p.m., it's announced that Bruce Lee is dead. Ladies, what an amazing time we live in, you know, but one thing is pretty much always been the same, coloring our hair. The options are either go to a traditional salon and spend lots of time and money or grab a box of hair color at the drugstore, which always ends up drying out my hair and it's never quite the color that you're expecting, which is not ever fun to deal with. But now there's a new way, Madison Reed. What I really love about Madison Reed is it's run by an amazing strong woman and she just wanted to completely shake up the hair coloring world. Amy Arrett, she did just that with Madison Reed and she named the company after her daughter, which is really cool and if you're thinking okay but how do i match my color don't even worry madison reed gives you all the tools you need so you can color with confidence they have an amazing option on the website to sort of go through the process and you can pick which different hair color works greatest with yours and they make it really simple so you don't even have to worry about it. You can get ammonia-free multi-dimensional hair color delivered right to your door starting at $22. Visit madisonreed.com. That's madison-reed.com. And I know if you guys are anything like me, you are getting to the point of needing to get an option at home to do your hair color and I am not about to let my husband try and do it. So, uh, uh, Madison Reed is an amazing option for this. And now autopsy listeners can get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code autopsy. That's code autopsy. I got a phone call and some guy said, did you hear Bruce died? And I, I just couldn't believe it. I said, the guy that I knew was super healthy, super athletic, super conditioned, died. So it was, it was quite a shock. Part of my life died when he died because I had so much respect for him. From the evidence that I've seen from Bruce Lee's medical notes, I believe in all likelihood that he was dead on arrival to the hospital. In an effort to hide that Bruce had died at his girlfriend's apartment, it was announced he died in the garden of his own home. When the true story did emerge, it caused a media storm. It was sensational. Every tabloid, every newspaper, every publication in Hong Kong, it was front page news. Despite the revelations about Bruce's affair with Betty Ting Pei, Linda Lee remained loyal, attending a service in Hong Kong along with 25,000 grief-stricken fans. Bruce was buried four days later in his wife's hometown of Seattle, with movie stars Steve McQueen and James Coburn acting as pallbearers. 
The official cause of death was that Bruce died from a hypersensitivity reaction to the painkiller equagesic. Hypersensitivity occurs when the body's natural defense mechanism mistakenly identifies a foreign but non-threatening substance as something dangerous. The confused immune system goes into overdrive, releasing chemicals into the bloodstream. Instead of protecting the body, it starts to attack itself, which left unchecked can prove to be fatal. There are a number of things that make me discount the official verdict in the inquest. First of all, I would have expected marked swelling of the upper airways if indeed this was the cause of death. But the autopsy report just doesn't show it. There is also no history of him suffering hypersensitivity reactions in the past. I don't believe hypersensitivity reaction to a painkiller explains his death. But Bruce was suffering from a headache prior to lapsing into a coma. So was there something catastrophic going on with his brain, such as a ruptured brain aneurysm? And is this the cause of death? Bruce Lee's sudden death at the age of 32 sent shockwaves around the world. The official verdict by the coroner was that he died from hypersensitivity to a painkiller. But this verdict proved controversial, and speculation has been rife ever since. Now, with access to the autopsy report and notes from the inquest, Dr. Michael Hunter plans to uncover what happened in Bruce Lee's body in his final hours. I have already discounted the official verdict that he died from a hypersensitivity reaction to a painkiller. And I've also ruled out any possibility that his death was somehow related to cannabis or from an epileptic fit. But Bruce did complain of a headache just before he died. So I want to investigate whether his death could have been caused by a ruptured aneurysm. A ruptured aneurysm is a balloon-like bulge or weakening of the arterial wall. As the bulge grows, it becomes thinner and weaker. The arterial wall can become so thin that the blood pressure within can cause it to burst or leak, releasing blood into the space between the skull and the brain. Prior to Bruce's death, he had been complaining of a headache. He was telling me at the time, which I got to admit, I didn't take much notice of, he was getting headaches. And I was thinking, God, you look healthy. I mean, I haven't seen anybody look healthier than you. And I just dismiss it. Brain aneurysms can be the result of a genetic defect of the arterial wall, but, and significantly in Bruce Lee's case, can be the result of head trauma. Because of his back injury, Bruce would use a stuntman to do backflips, but would do all his fight scenes himself. Bruce Lee took numerous blows to the head in the process of making those fight scenes. Bruce had also been involved in numerous impromptu fights with people who had challenged him on the set of Enter the Dragon. A lot of people thought, if I, if I put Bruce Lee down, I'm going to be a star, you know, I'll have a film contract. So there, was, there were constant challenges. 
A lot of very tall men and also very muscular men will often say that their challenge to fights or people will be kind of aggressive towards them as a means of proving that they can take them. Well, imagine being Bruce Lee, arguably the most famous fighter in, in the world. People would see him, and of course they couldn't separate the character. And that meant that he was constantly confronted with challenges. It was a huge problem for Bruce. It's evident that Bruce has sustained a lot of head trauma over his career. But did this cause an aneurysm to form? A telltale sign of a ruptured aneurysm is subarachnoid hemorrhage or bleeding on the brain surface located at the base of the brain. But when I look at the autopsy report, I see no signs of this at all. So I'm going to discount this as a cause of death. But as I read further into the autopsy report, I can see that there were tests done for mercury and lead, two of the trace metals most commonly associated with poison. It makes me wonder if Bruce Lee's death was somehow associated with foul play. In the months before he died, Bruce Lee became increasingly worried that someone might try to kill him. People that knew him right at the end were saying that he was becoming very paranoid. Some people were attributing it to maybe taking drugs. But he definitely was changing physically and mentally at the time he died. He kept a sword beside his bed and he started carrying a gun with him everywhere he went. Witness accounts given at the inquest state that apart from complaining of tiredness and a headache, Bruce did not seem unwell in the hours leading up to his death. To go from being healthy to dead in such a short amount of time suggests that Bruce Lee may have ingested a poisonous substance. So the question is, was Bruce Lee poisoned? And if so, by who? A number of people had reasons to kill Bruce Lee. He wasn't that well-liked. He got to be a very difficult person to get along with. He had fights with a number of people publicly. Bruce had a very short temper. If you did anything at all that challenged him or made him feel threatened, you were pushing a very, very sensitive trigger. Bruce had made some powerful enemies on his journey to Hollywood. One of the main suspects in Bruce Lee's death is Big Boss director Lo Wei. He and Lo Wei had a physical altercation where Bruce Lee pulled a knife, held it to Lo, Lo Wei's neck, and threatened to kill him. It's not just disgruntled directors who have been linked to Bruce's death. Gangs operating within Hong Kong's shadowy underworld have also been implicated. The Hong Kong gangs did have influence in the film industry. Bruce Lee would have been an outsider. He was going to do things his own way, and the mob would not have liked that. He got into a fight with one of the triad's sons. Now, the triad is like the mafia in Hong Kong, and he beat the kid quite severely. And it was said that there was going to be a hit out on him, and this was something Bruce told us. Well, you had to ask, who is it that would have poisoned him? Of the people who had motive to kill Bruce Lee, I don't feel comfortable naming them for legal reasons. Toxicology testing in the 1970s was very basic. 
However, Bruce Lee's blood and tissue samples were submitted to three separate laboratories for testing. And none of them found anything that would suggest poisoning. So I'm going to rule this out as a cause of death. But having looked at all the evidence and piecing together all of the information, I think I have finally figured out what killed Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee died after lapsing into a coma at his girlfriend's apartment. A coroner's inquiry concluded he died from a cerebral edema caused by a hypersensitive reaction to either aspirin or meprobamate found in a painkiller Bruce had taken for a headache. But I don't believe this is what killed Bruce Lee. Having analyzed all of the medical information, I believe I've finally figured out what caused this supremely fit individual to drop dead so suddenly. And the cause of death links back to the slip disc that he suffered from three years before he died. When Bruce ruptured a disc in his back, he was told he would never do Kung Fu again. He was examined by doctors in Los Angeles who prescribed painkillers and also administered the steroid cortisone. In the 1970s, there was little known about the side effects of steroids, and so their use was unregulated. Taking too much cortisone can have catastrophic consequences, leading to heart attack, stroke, and even death. And Dr. Hunter believes he's found the evidence to back up his theory. There are some telltale signs that someone is overusing cortisone. The first is excessive perspiration. People who habitually take these drugs have been known to have an operation to remove their glands. It's a rare procedure, but consistent with this type of drug abuse. And I can see from Bruce Lee's medical records that in November of 1972, he underwent a procedure to have his sweat glands removed from under his arms. Bruce was also affected by extreme weight loss in the months before he died. Another indication of overusing cortisone. When Bruce was examined by doctors in Los Angeles following his first collapse, he told them he was suffering from stress and was having difficulty sleeping. He also revealed he had lost his appetite. The doctors that examined Bruce found that he weighed only 125 pounds and were concerned about his low weight. His body fat percentage at this time was 1%, so it was basically skin over muscle and bone. To address his weight loss and lack of appetite, Bruce had taken to drinking high-protein shakes made by his wife, Linda. He drank cow blood, glasses of it, sometimes mixed with milk, sometimes straight cow blood, because he felt that it had an enormous number of vitamins in it and minerals that would help him. Bruce's loss of appetite and his loss of weight are consistent with the overuse of the steroid cortisone. Bruce was also exhibiting other side effects in the months leading up to his death, including headaches and a change in skin tone. Cortisone causes blood vessels to dilate, resulting in reddening of the face. One of the things that you see in looking at Enter the Dragon is color 
has changed. He's ruddy looking. The camera person, Charles Lowe, on Enter the Dragon, told me that he was actually concerned about Bruce Lee's color changes. Another side effect of cortisone overuse is memory loss. Another symptom that Bruce was exhibiting. He'd tell the same person the same story over and over again, not remembering that he'd said it before. And he became increasingly short-tempered. He was, he was getting into fights with crew members. Maria Yi, one of his co-stars, said that he just bought a new Mercedes and he would take the photograph of the car out of his wallet every 20 minutes and show her, forget that he'd done it, so he's repeating himself. Due to his back injury, Bruce Lee began taking cortisone three years prior to his death. And this evidence shows that he never quit. And this continual use for three years can have a devastating effect on the body. Cortisol is one of the main hormones released by the adrenal glands, and it helps regulate blood pressure, water, and salt balance in the body. The overuse of cortisone inhibits the adrenal glands, causing adrenal insufficiency. In extreme cases, the kidneys are not able to regulate salt and water balance, causing blood volume and blood pressures to drop, leading to cardiac arrest and death. This is known as adrenal crisis. Once the crisis started, his cardiovascular system started to collapse. His temperature began to rise, so he drank sodas to cool down. This led to an imbalance of fluids in the tissues of his body, which became oversaturated. When his headache occurred, Bruce took an equagesic. He then went to lie down where his cardiovascular system continued to collapse and his body continued to overhydrate. Soon after, the crisis occurred as his circulation stalled and he experienced cerebral edema and fatal coma. From examining all of the medical records and the available information, I believe that adrenal crisis is the best explanation for Bruce Lee's death. The reason he survived an identical emergency 10 weeks before was simply because he was taken to a hospital where the doctors gave him a drug that counteracted the rehydration that had been triggered by a similar adrenal crisis. However, although Bruce Lee died of adrenal crisis from overuse of steroids, it seems to me that what really killed him was his relentless and unforgiving drive and ambition. His less than physically perfect start in life led him on a punishing path to prove to himself and to the world that he wasn't just a man, but the ultimate embodiment of masculinity. Bruce Lee should be remembered as somebody who totally transformed himself and in doing so transformed the entire world. His legacy is for the young people who have a dream who just because they are small or they have what they feel are disadvantages, eh, that should only be a, a stepping stone to make you grow and achieve the things that are important. A lot of people will forget about 
Bruce Lee, but every time they go to a movie and they see somebody do a scream, <coughs> jump in the air. <coughs> Boy, that's terrific. Well, they're all clapping Bruce. you enjoyed this episode of autopsy don't forget to subscribe at podcast1.com with the podcast one app or at apple podcasts then go to reels.com that's r-e-e-l-z.com for clips extras and more from the tv version of the series including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on reels channel find reels on your tv at reels.com i'm dr michael hunter 